What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Flip Flop Guy podcast. I'm Andy Mokel, and I'll be your host. Our goal is to have epic conversations with people from all walks of life. There are no talking points that are off the table. It's going to get wild. We hope our guests inspire and motivate you to walk with purpose as we trudge the road of human existence. Enjoy the show. I don't know what the word lyrics are. <laughs> it sounds good, though. What's other? There's a sick Wu-Tang song, too. That's um, Wu-Tang was off the hook. Wu-Tang. The Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> Ooh, that's not a bad idea. Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing you, to fuck can with. Can you grab me Wu-Tang one of those Seagram's nothing uh, to fuck with. ginger ale? This four this four thirty six clock really keeps throwing me off. Doja uh, Ambrosia, Granite Cobra. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes. Man. <laughs> Pop the top. Popping freshies. Hey, check the top of that thing. Cause it's dirty? Yeah, I had I don't know what that is. Just suck it. It's good. Yeah. It's no hard edge. Do you have that lighter? Dude, it's outside. Here. I used to be able to do it with my teeth. You better do it with your teeth. I was like, don't be that guy. Uh, um, I was like, you're going to split your hand open. My knife doesn't have a hard edge. Oh, wait. Yeah, it does. Oh, wait. Hey. All right. All right, then. I'm in for it. All right, now. All right, Are then. you in for it, Lily? Yep. Dugga boys. Can you hear me? You hear me I, all right? I can hear you. We, we can't release I the Dugga boys. That's top. Bring it, bring it up a little bit. The rain there is gone. We're hey, good now. The closer, the better, I son. I can see all possibilities in my way. Can you guys hear? There's a lot of breathing going mm-hmm. on. Is that me? That's why I'm. That's why I was trying to adjust mine away from it. Hey, man. Is that gonna? Is that? Does that get toned out? All the breathing? I don't know. Or what we hear <laughs> in here? A lot of breathing. <laughs> <laughs> Who's breathing? Okay. I, I think it's just. I four, think it's just picking four, up four mouth breathers. Okay. Do you hear that? Ten for good, buddy. Are we doing an ASMR? <laughs> an ASMR podcast? Hey, all right, there we go. I'm good. Let's you go. good? You feeling Raja. good? I'm fucking, I feel it. Okay, topic one: metaverse. Are we recording? Oh, we've been recording since you were <laughs> rapping, bro. And we're live. Welcome to the Flip Flop Guys podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is I don't ever do an intro on any show. Welcome. Well, I can do the that. The Wisconsin way. Legends. We're uh, Minnesota Minnesota. Legends. Oh, Minnesota. Yeah, you're right. Minnesota. Minnesota. Man, last night was special, wasn't it? It was. It was really good. I think... Uh, you know, in the terms of the, the Minnesota legend reference, a lot of things in, in events like Winter Strong is cool because there's so many great people, but it always seems like there's a pact or, or a pack, P-A-C-T, P-A-C-K, of people that like either on a, on Saturday afternoon you break off with them and you have a great convo. Like there's one or two great like overriding convos that occur at an event like this. At right? Winter Strong. Yeah. Yeah. And – Last night was one that carried over really into this morning. I mean, we had a lot of different stuff going on, but um, 
Well, it started with dinner, really. Yeah. I went dinner yeah. Yeah, and then dude. straight into that. And I don't think there's any, like, surface dwellers here. No. You know, they were all coal miners, you know what I mean? Like, every single one of us. Yeah, uh, I was digging for hot magma, dude. <laughs> Liquid hot magma. All right. It was the first time, I think, and I was telling my wife this morning, it's the first time in probably five-plus years that I actually just hung out with the boys, bullshitted, chilled, took silly photos. Like, I felt like I was in my early 20s again, mm -hmm. where it was like, I forgot how good that feels just to hang out with a group of guys that you really love, and you just get to be yourselves. And no matter where the conversation goes, you're just having fun. I got two questions. One, how important do you think that is for us and our mental health and just health in general? Well, and two, um, well, let's just go with that. How important is that well, for us to have that? I'm going to ask you this. You know, we're all pretty, we're four hard chargers in this room. Uh, Bert would be included if he was in here. And I think that I find myself at events or, you know, organized weekends, we'll say, whatever it is, and I'm around guys and I'm around people in these types of settings, but they don't always deconstruct to the level that they did. Like there might always be a camera going or there might always be an expectation of service. Like when you're cooking or when you're making knives or when you're cooking or when I'm speaking, something like that, there's always a little bit more of an expectation for your time there, a trade-off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there is here too. I mean, like when, when Thursday, Friday, Saturday hit, all four of us are going to be on in different ways. Right. Mm -hmm. But there was none of that last night. Like, our main obligation today was to make spears and kill boars. Yeah. You know, like. And do an ice dip. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and beyond that, but, like, there hasn't been a camera. There hasn't been a, a lot of that other stuff that, like. No mandatory content. Yeah, no mandatory. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know how good it felt until it was back again. You know, and I don't get to feel this very often throughout a year. You know, oh, for sure. Maybe a couple times. And that's what I was saying before is you'll have those conversations amongst the other stuff. <coughs> you'll have the one or two standout conversations, kind of like what we've had in the last 24 hours. But I think we're going to have more tonight. I think we're going to have more tomorrow. Yeah. You know, and I don't know the last time when I got 24 or 48 hours where I was fully immersed in a place, but pretty much disconnected like i'm sharing a couple things just to let people know how good it is mm -hmm. but like i'm not sitting here thinking hey let's create well i mean we did take a couple pictures with the mace and the bow yeah like we were doing those things organically we just lined them up so that they were in the same frame like i don't feel the same kind of way about that as i do something else N not negative at all just saying i think when i feel it it feels so good I don't know if it's something that's sustainable and expected or it should remain that thing that stands out as a, as, as a standout. You know, I mean, I hate to be so stupid about it, right. but like, you know. Well, in a world of product placed shots, how heavy does that weigh on us psychologically? I hate it. That we don't even realize until we hate it. Yeah. I think for me, so I spoke about this a little bit last night. If somebody, if nobody has a clue who I am, I was a power lifter did pretty good at that and was able to have some sense of notoriety and I was able to gain sponsorships and so on and so forth. So Wait, how good, cause I don't know your full story as a power lifter. So how, you reached the top, didn't you? Yeah, I was, uh, you know, depending on how you want to look at it, I'll just say this. I had top 20 rankings, top 10 rankings all time 
that's regardless of weight class, whatever. When I was at my best, I was ranked number one through three, depending on the, you know, the pole or the, the scoring system um, within my weight class and division. Yeah. Probably a top ten competitor when I was at my best. Mm-hmm. Um, I won some pretty big championships, two world championships. Um, so, you know, I, I, was, I was at the top of my sport. But nevertheless, um, to circle back to the, to the point of the question, I think that when I got hurt, Thanks, so that was, that was the end of my powerlifting. I, I had a career-ending injury. I saw a lot of these companies pull away much quicker than I would have expected, like within 24 hours of my injury kind of pulled right. away. Um, jaded me for sure, but it also – that jade – also like kind of peeled back the eyelids and was like you know the tape on the forehead you can't blink you got to see this you got to you got to see through this shit so when i came back to it and actually that's how i got with sornex you know sornex and i had a working relationship at some level and i just told bert i said man i need a job like i don't want to be a sponsored athlete i don't want to be a need a legitimate income i said i want to be able to have stability in my life you know and Beyond the beyond that moment, beyond the injury, I was certainly like a, I was a catastrophic force in my own life. Like terrible decision making. Uh, the fact that I was really really good at one thing allowed me to mask the fact that I was terrible in many many other ways as a man. So I have been a little bit like, you know, I flirt with that line because part of the, my job within Sornex now is one to represent Sornex, which is a brand. But I've always said we've fooled people in that. We, we got you in the door with our exercise equipment, but the real reason you're here is because I want you to meet our awesome people. You know, I really do think we're a people-cultivating company, but nevertheless, it's through strength culture. Right. So I don't feel guilty about that because that's what I'm trying to do in my own life mm-hmm. as a man. So the, the mantra, the, the belief system, the reason aligns with me. I don't feel dirty about that. What I feel dirty about is, you know, let's just talk, uh, let's just talk hunting. You're, you know Swaros are the best fucking optics out there, right? Like, there's no denying that they're, they're the best optics out there, period. But you, you do that, and I don't care if you take another brand and work with them. That's fine. Mm. But presenting that brand as the best out there, like saying this is the best that you can buy. No. If you say, hey, dollar for dollar, these stand up against some of the best in their price range. It, it, dollar you know, for dollar. Let's just have authenticity in what we're yeah. talking about. I don't, yeah. I don't default any or you know begrudge anyone for for taking an opportunity or working with a company. I mean that's right. how relationships are built and that's how companies grow. Mm-hmm. That's part of what we do here is grow relationships with people. But it gets really gross when you want to work with someone else or you're always looking for that next rung of the ladder or you're very very. You know, you jump ship. A yeah. lot. Well, and sadly, that's the entire market now. I've been sure. lucky in the overlanding community. Like the tent I run on my truck right now is Overland Vehicle Systems. But I told them when they sent me a tent, I said, this is the best tent for $2,500. Like, I do not think there's a better tent. I personally, when I can afford it, I'm going to buy an iCamper. I think iCamper, no one beats it. It's the best. And I told them that leading up to it. And they respected that so much. And I was like, if iCamper ever reaches out to me and wants to work with me, in my mind, that is the best. And I will take a free tent because I think they're the best. Until then, let me purchase your tent, which I did, because I would hate for them to give me something for free. 
And then iCamper reaches out and says, hey, we want you to work for me. And now I just burn that company. I said, I'll buy it and I'll post your shit as long as I have it because I think it's the best 10 out there. But then once I get the opportunity to work with who I really want, who I think is the best, that's what I'm going to go for. And, and people respect that because it's just honest. Well, and, and to, to my own defense, like I, I've come to a lot of conclusions about myself, my life, and the, the choices that I've made, like we're talking about right here with sponsorships and companies and how I've navigated those things. I did a shit poor job in a lot of those situations myself as, as the reciprocant of these sponsorships accolades. or accolades or whatever. So I'm sensitive to it. Let's, let's not say I know the answer. <coughs> I, I get it right 100% of the time. But I am perceptive and I'm sensitive to when I view it, but also when I'm in it. Like, I, mm -hmm. I still work with companies. I have opportunities with companies. So I try to do a better job for the companies that I work and represent, work with and represent. But I also, if I know someone and, and they're talking to me in this nature, if I can see, you know, maybe, hey, you got a fork in the road coming up here, like, tell them how I handle things. I never tell them how to handle things. But I tell them how I've done things, and most of the time, that's sharing a mistake or sharing a, a, you know, a failure, like leaving a smaller company for a bigger one. Well, you might get more money right now, but you might get something long term. You might get something that grows and evolves. Build the real relationship well, too. So for me, like any company that I've ever worked with, like I tell them out the gate, like, <coughs> I'm looking for a company that I can trust, that I can look back in 10 years and be like, man, we've had a great relationship and we've really done this and we've done this right. You know, and, and finding those brands that are willing to work with individuals on that sort of a level is so difficult, I feel like. And because you run into situations like where with what happened to you when you were when you got injured, yeah. all of a sudden everybody that was there for you, they just pulled the chute and they were no longer there. They're, right. You know what I mean? Business sense, I understood. Like I could have handled, hey, let's pause your contract. Let's even cancel your contract. I lost relationships. Yeah. And that was the fault of mine. You know, it'd be a lot harder, and I should have felt worse, and it would have been a lot harder for a company to probably walk away full bore if I was doing my job, one, and if I had invested in the relationship aspect of it better. So I wear the fault of those, those things, and I don't blame those companies now. When I was hurt, laying in a hospital bed, yeah, absolutely I did. But I still learned the lesson from the process and tried to apply it on both sides, try to do better for them, try to understand what I'm actually looking for, like, hey... We can give you a pair of, you know, we can give you camo, right? Well, what if I don't really like it? What if I find out wearing it one time, which I've done with a company's gear before, found out one time in, this ain't for me, you know? So why did I take it without even knowing, you know? There, do my homework a little bit, test the products, use the products. I don't do anything unless I believe in the product full bore, or at yep. least it's a product that's within my economic range that I'm actually using in field or in practice in some endeavor. You know what I mean? Like, don't just take something because it's available to you. And <clears throat> so that follows me into a question of, there's a lot of new brands that pop up. There's a lot of new brands that come out and all of a sudden everybody gets behind this brand, no matter what the development was or research behind the product. And for me, I've always been like, well, I can't, I can't dive in as an individual and be like, man, I'm just going to use this rebranded product under a different name because they've got great marketing. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, 
because I feel like for me that takes away from my authenticity of, of who I am and what I am and what I stand behind. You know, and I really like what you brought up, which is know the product, use the product, make sure the product meets my own expectations mm -hmm. and what I, my desired use is and what I plan to get out of it. And then promote it as something that's sellable and, and something that anybody can buy. Yeah. Well, I think, I think you know, sorry to, I feel like I'm yapping all the time, but, you know, in, in this space, I feel like I've made a lot of mistakes. So I feel like it's valuable to talk about it. But, you know, looking at, you know, having made those mistakes and wanting to do better and so on and so forth. I really remove myself from it altogether for a little bit. And I think if there's somebody that, that can identif identify with what I'm saying, you know, maybe give yourself a, a season, and I'm talking a hunting season, where you buy all your gear. Remember what that feels like. Remember what it feels like to have to juggle between, okay, do I spend $400 for another set of camo or do I put $400 more into lens? Something like that. Or your broadheads or the tuning, or whatever it might be, like, that way you can communicate again. And the thing that I've tried to do most rigorously this year is change my verbiage. Instead of saying, you guys need to do this, I'm not an expert. I have no right to tell anyone what to do. What I try to say is what I do is. Yep. And that removes a little bit of the <clears throat> finger pointing if somebody goes out and buys that product because, hey, you said to buy this. Well, no. I said I use it. And by my standards, this is whether this that is whether that be it. cost, availability, or or use durability, and, dur whatever it might yeah. be, I have justified that this pack is worth me showing a picture of and sharing that I use it. Yeah, you know, with or without like a, a relationship with that company. You know, I don't I don't need a relationship with a company to make a post. Yeah. So I just try to Sorry. I try to do a little bit more of that, like. And when I buy use it, use it I, as a blog. This is my life. Yep. This is what I'm showing. Take it as what you will. And I don't like. I don't. There's nothing I have that I've received for free because if I buy it, then I get to talk shit on it. Mm -hmm. So if there's something I don't like, uh, a company I work with is Decked, the drawer systems. Yep. I bought my entire deck system, everything, but I shared it because I truly, out of all the upgrades on my truck, it's one of my favorite things I've done. So I shared their stuff all the time and they started inviting me out to the big shows, the Overland Expos and all that, because I don't work for them. I don't get paid by them. And when a customer comes up and they give the spiel, they're great salesmen. They can come to me and I go, well, here's mine that I've used thousands of times here's everything i love they tell you it takes 30 minutes to install that's bullshit it took me six hours and a case of beer to do it and my wife and i fought the whole time like i'll be honest <laughs> but it's like once it's in it's the best system you'll ever have and i'll sell 10 times more of that product because i'm giving you the honest i've been through the desert i've been through the rain i've done this 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 and people resonate with that because they go, oh, you spent your hard-earned $1,300 on this system instead of, oh, well, you got it for free. They're, you're, of course you're going to say that. And I feel like that honesty skyrockets in the community to where people want to build those relationships because they know you spent your hard-earned money on their product. To stand behind it. Absolutely. With the hours of your work. 100%. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. At what point, like, we all talked about this. <clears throat> In the level, and we, we you know, we kind of joked about the metaverse at first, but we talk about the metaverse and the direction that the world is going and the speed that the world is going, right? We understand, I think, in this room that 
obviously capitalism is awesome. People deserve to make money if they bust their ass for it. But, you know, there's a little bit of contempt for the, the constant bombardment of salesmanship, right? So how do you, th- and I have my own formulated answer on this, but I think if we can just kind of like go around the room and share, you are your brand, right? You are your brand. You are your brand. Mm-hmm little bit more of like a support with the black rifle backing but you are your brand if nobody's making if you're not making knives nobody's making knives for you right i used to be a brand i have my own brands but i am also like dedicatedly decking those second third fourth because i work for sornex and they all go hand in hand Mm -hmm. so at what point is i got to keep the doors open when does that bleed into man, this is gross, and it's taking away from why I started this. You know, the, the piece of the soul that we talked about selling. Like, well, I'm, how comfortable do you get selling pieces of your soul to grow? Well, it's different for me, per se, because I have my business. And that's why when other companies reach out, I am not an influencer, and I never will be. I don't make my money working with companies. Exactly. So I can say, yes, no, I'm a little different because my money comes in through Grizzly Forge, which gives me the opportunity to either buy what I want or only work with who I want because... Well, you choose the brand you want to use and you use that brand and whether they want to work with you or not doesn't fucking matter. And I understand... what signifies your own And I understand that like you know, let's say hunting pros or sports pros or certain people have to get those endorsements because that's how they make a living. I know that's a lot tougher and harder for them to decide, but for me, I get to pick and choose what I do because I don't ever want to, you have to make three stories, two posts a month. You have to do X amount of content trips. That kills it for me. I will post it and share it when I actually use it because I personally am just sharing my life. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, it's a little different for where, me. Where I find a lot of difficulty is brands that are getting into other spaces, right? Where clearly there's no background. Clearly there's, there's nothing there. There's no origin. There's no origin of whatever direction they're trying to go into and then you're looking at what they're doing and it's like well that's just marketing Mm -hmm. that's not there's no authenticity there there's no there's no background there there's no history there that's that's strictly just just marketing and trying to swindle people which i've watched for years and years and years you know and that kind of stuff for me drives me nuts because and we were we were talking about this a little bit last night you know and at you know, maybe I'm a purist or maybe, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's like when people talk about conservation or they put hunter conservationist into their social media titles and it's like, okay, what are you doing for conservation? What have you, what do you bought a hunting license? Mm-hmm. Okay. Or, the, or they're raising the awareness, right? They're being, they're being woke, but are you showing up to fish and game commission meetings? Are you, are you, teaching hunters education are you are you doing steps to actually provide authenticity behind what you're representing or are you just representing it you sit you know what i mean i'm sure it's it's this the same in the strength world or it's this you know what i mean i i'm sure it's 
you know, there's there's avenues of it in the in the in the knife world. I'm sure there's avenues of it in diving. Yeah. You know, where you look at somebody and I don't I don't know like how far into the diving community you are mm-hmm. and all that, but <clears throat> you look at somebody and all of a sudden they're transforming into this they're transforming into a diver or a knife maker or a weightlifter and they have no background in it but they're coming to the stage prepared like a professional with with no experience just based off verbiage and raising awareness well i can speak a lot to this like i find myself in so many different worlds and i'm not a master in any of them that's not what my personality affords i can't Mm -hmm. i don't have the focus teachable i can forge a knife I make moan. I've made moan chef knife. I made the knife that I made the clean animals with is the one I mainly use, and it was the first knife I ever made. And I've made my own chef knife by myself, so I know I can do it. But I am nowhere near a master at making knives. I'm not even saying I'm a master, you know. But in that world, I get a little bit of hate because people see me as like this guy thinks he makes knives. He's only made I made less than ten knives. And, or whether it be bow hunting, same thing. I came into bow hunting late, but I dive into things pretty heavy myself. And I think naturally I get good at them, but I want to say that. But if people know me, well, that's your perseverance and your relentlessness. They'll know that I'm practicing and it, it doesn't look like practice to me because I'm just doing it. I'm just so diehard with it with myself. And I don't think of it as practice, but I get some hate for bow hunting for example like i was telling you i have i have friends who bow hunted all their life then they see me they see me come into bow hunting getting some nice animals that i i just know how to dig down deep and work hard and to get that done and i want to say that it's luck but it's, it's not luck dude I, I put in hard miles and i put in all the exercise i possibly could to get to that point <coughs> But I think we're a little too critical. We're a little too critical of well, each other. But ask yourself why they're why are they critical? Are they, like if they're your like your buddies, yeah, quote unquote. You're sitting around the shop and they're like, "Man, you've never hunted before, have you?" Like they would be stoked to take you hunting. But then you find yourselves being successful and maybe at a level of more successful. They're not excited for you anymore. I mean, no. what happens in the human psychology? It's crabs in a bucket. It, it is. But, I mean, like, to di- just to dissect, yeah. like, the, the, the times that you felt that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I felt it 10 minutes ago. I saw something on the Internet where a dude is crushing it. And I'm like, I, I got mad at myself because it's like, why are you letting yourself feel that way? But he's – I just don't resonate with the, the – the way that he approaches his business, right? I don't, I don't resonate with it. So I dislike the business. I dislike what he's selling. So by default, I dislike the guy, which is wrong because I actually like the guy. He's just made some choices to sell pieces of himself so he can grow his business. I mean, that's a very real thing. It's so that's what I'm asking. Yeah. So would those guys be, be jealous of you? If you were just sucking in the field, you probably know? not. <laughs> or probably would they not. be there as a support and a backbone? Probably not. Like there's very probably few people, that. Like I don't know. There's very few. Pe- sadly, like there's very few people who will support you. Like I've learned that you have to be your biggest fan. Like I've realized that. Like I laugh at my own jokes, right? Like, <laughs> there's nobody laughs at their jokes more than me. 
So it's like you well, have it's to, like why do you do it? You have to be your biggest fan and I just do it for my own. Like yeah. I have an urge deep down to do it and I just do it for myself. And but go to go back to the hunting and all the products and everything, I come from a world where I will make anything work. Like I do not care what I get. I just think I'm gonna make this happen no matter what. So I will shoot any bow, I will shoot any arrow, and I will make that thing work. So when I'm a bad example, people are like, oh, what works best? I'm like, dude, you know, there's a famous quote from Malcolm Smith. He's a famous dirt bike rider. Somebody came in and bought a dirt bike, and they had a budget. And they came in under budget when they bought the bike, and they're like, hey, I have $1,000 extra. What else should I put on this bike? And he's like, spend that money on gas. Go ride the bike, spend $1,000 on gas instead of buying frills and, and all the crap that goes on your bike. And then come back in and we'll talk about what maybe you could do better. Yeah. But ride the bike first. We'll see it. And so, I, that's a really great way to break it down. And, I, and I'll tell people that when it comes to buying hunting equipment. Right. And it's like, well, you're just building a rig. <clears throat> you're, you're just getting into it. There's so much unknown out there. Well, why don't you save this $3,000 instead of putting it into gear and go buy out-of-state tags in three different states, right? Now you've taken it out of one state and one hunting opportunity a year to four different hunting opportunities a year. Because buying tags in your own state, you can achieve. It's it's relatively affordable. When you start getting into out-of-state hunting, well, then you're looking at gas, you're looking at food, you're looking at so much more cost. And if you save that cost and put it into actual time in the field, learning how to use the equipment that you were able to afford. Well, then you learn what you need. And then you've spent four weeks in the field instead of one week with a ton of gear. Exactly. Like my, okay, my binos, for example, since we're talking about binos. Yeah. The first, I, you need a, you almost, I've hunted without binos just because I forget them, whatever, or sometimes I feel like just going free, mm-hmm. but you need a set of binos. Yeah. And I bought Nikon binos off of Amazon for 170 something bucks. Right. And I use those on my first elk hunt. I use those on a lot of the, the animals I hunted in Hawaii that like sheep hunting and stuff, you need some good binos, but I made do with them. Right. Then I got some Leopold ones that are nicer. Right. But I still have that same in me that I'm going to make it work no matter what I got. And I'm not very picky with what gear I go. Even though I do realize there is a difference in gear, I put way more emphasis on my own skill and what I push myself to do than I do any of the gear. So if someone asks me, hey, what's the best binos? I usually don't even have an answer. I just go, don't worry about that. Like... I don't know. I don't you have Swarovski's, you know. Like I've You'll looked at them before, there. but I'm not the best one to ask for that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I started out with Bushnell. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh yeah, seventy-five, seventy-five dollars. Yeah, you know what I mean. Whatever yeah. I could afford, it could, just because I wanted binos in the field. You exactly. know, well, and I didn't know any different. <clears throat> I didn't know any. I didn't know that, that there was like. I just thought they were. Exp- I mean, like, listen, I'm not stupid, but I am like stupid in some yeah. ways, right? You know, you see, like. <laughs> I mean, at times, like when you go into Walmart or whatever, and they got a seventy dollar pair and a hundred fifty dollar pair, you figure, and that's What's the and, that's, and that's all they have. Yeah, you figure the hundred fifty dollar pair ain't that much better than the seventy five, or you say, man, I got hundred fifty bucks, I'm gonna buy the best, and that's it. Like I wasn't online like googling or or looking for best binos available or any of that shit. Like 
I just saw what was in the store. Guess what? I wore Mossy Oak camo. Mm-hmm. I wore freaking $49 hunting boots from the back of Dick's. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like there's I wasn't. A, there's like a fine line, too. Like when I bought my spear gun, yeah. I didn't just buy a junk spear gun because I knew I, eventually I was going to want a good one. Yeah. I didn't buy the top of the line one, but I definitely bought one that was decent enough. That was going to get it done. And well, I'm not talking be like, about being like a 15, 16-year-old kid. Oh, like, yeah. I had, you know, I just didn't know any deeper oh, yeah. than, like, and my buddies wear this and kill shit. That's yeah. what I'm going to wear and kill exactly. shit. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, like, you can get a bow. Any of us can get a used bow right now. We can go kill with it. We can get some piece of junk bow that they sell for 300 bucks. I bet you give us $300 compounds tonight, and we'd get it done. Well, it's like my 1989 Warthog <laughs> I was telling you guys about last night. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I could take that bow out tomorrow, and if I get within 30 yards of an animal and a clean shot, that animal's going to die. Yeah. Whether I'm using that or a Hoyt or a Matthews, it doesn't matter. It's It still works. Mm-hmm. So why do you think it's so pervasive that when so-and-so says this is the best, we believe it? Well, there's a cool uh, thing. I think there's a big cool thing about it, too, of like, I have to have this because so-and-so said it's the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or I have to do this because that's what everyone's doing. When I, when I moved out to Utah and I went to my first like overland meetup, I hate that word, but it was like, it's very culty, kind of like the hunting community where y'all talking about, it's like, you have to run this brand. You have to have this, you have to have that. And for me, it was, do I really, like, do I really need that? Or does it look cool on my truck? And I would go out and every time I do a trip, especially if it's over a hundred miles, every time I come back, I have a shopping list. I needed a headlamp. I needed a winch. I needed a portable plug-in. I needed a radio. I need to make sure that I didn't. I didn't realize I don't, I don't have service out here. I need. I have daughters. I need to make sure that I have an into an inreach. Like every single time you go out, you come back with what you really need. Yeah. And then you come back a list of failures. Well, and I got a little excited in the beginning, and I was like, I have to buy this. I have to buy this. And then once I started actually using my equipment. I returned a lot of stuff. Finding out the practicality. I don't actually need this. I added a lot of weight. I did. This (laughs) took up a lot of room and I got to come back and I feel like the hunting community, it's this big person says you have to shoot PSE. You have to. And I got a lot of respect and a little bit of backlash when I got into archery last year is because everyone in my group, everyone shoots PSE. Right. Black Rifle, Dudley, everyone is super (coughs) PSE. But I have a 34-inch draw. So for me, it's limited. And I went out and I said, PSE is awesome. I'm going to shoot every single bow in this shop, whatever feels good. And I shoot a Matthews Atlas. So I'm going to come in, and and I I hammer this home often to anybody who's buying archery equipment. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've hammered this for a lot of years. If you're getting into archery, don't buy the the bow that don't buy the Hoyt, don't buy the Matthews, don't buy the PSE, don't buy the bow that the person you admire the most is using. Go to a bow bow shop, shoot a bear, yep. shoot yep. a bow tech, shoot a PSE, and that's exactly what I did. Shoot a Hoyt, shoot a Matthews, shoot all of the different brands of bows. Because what works best in your hand is not going to work best in my hand. And what works best in my hand is not going to work best For in sure. your hand or your hand. Yeah. Everybody is built differently. So that's that's the biggest thing, I think, getting into archery is exactly what you said and exactly what and you did. And I got did. offered a PSE free For of free. charge. Yeah. Here is, we want you to shoot this, 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 B. And someone who is not affiliated in my community, but 
literally threatened when because I went to all five tacks this year in mm-hmm. the West, and I was like, well, if you shoot this, we'll be able to actually post photos of you and stuff. And I was like, man, that kind of sucks that that I have to shoot this to be in any of this content. Well, or- so I'll just tell you right fucking now, like. I've danced that dance, and I'm not saying, and I'm, I respect the shit out of what you just said, and I'm sorry to cut you You're off, good. but I had to do that recognition of I was tiptoeing closer and closer to that line, and I made a concession to myself. I'm buying, and, I, and I'm speaking like I'm telling, my, I'm tipping my cards, but I bought everything for myself. Yeah. Everything. Mm-hmm. My bow, my arrows, everything. And... I went out and I did the best that I could. I had the best season of my life. And it felt like it was my season. I didn't owe that to anyone. Yeah. I didn't yeah. I didn't, I wasn't thinking, "Oh my god." You felt I, free. Exactly. And that is something, dude, in a world where free in another way of like receiving product is cool and it's like a very nice privilege. It ain't free. Yeah. You know and, what I mean? And for me, it's like I even got shit in Montana because I was wearing a Sitka harness. I had a Eberly stock backpack. I was wearing this company's pants. And it's like, well, they're, they're the only ones that make 38-inch length. I like this backpack. And it's like I bought it all, and someone that I work with was like, he warned me because – he knows my following and everything. He's like, if you want to get in this industry, you need to pick something. I was like, but I don't want to get in the industry. No hard line. And he was like, and he told me he respected me, Isaac Junior or Isaac Senior. He's like, dude, I respect the shit out of you for that. And I was like, I'll buy all my stuff. I want to buy what fits and feels good mm-hmm. and works. I don't care if I'm wearing seven different brands and their competitors. It's what works with me and gets the job done. Which is what, if you really care about hunting or archery. That should be the main focus. And I can speak to this on my cooking level, right? And and going out and cooking privately for companies and stuff like that. In the outdoors industry, in the outdoors space, there is a lot of opportunities that I have not gotten to cook for certain particular people because I don't wear their brand of camo. I don't Mm -hmm. drink from their cup of tea, and they can't have somebody that uses a competitor's brand cooking for them they can't they can't pay somebody to show up and cook for them yeah because that might look bad for their brand that and that for me was like one of the biggest eye-opening experiences i ever had when it happened it was you know three years ago when i and i don't hate them for that got, i don't hate them like for it's it, like but at the same business. time it's like dude this is just what i use this is what i bought and paid for and this is where I'm at. Are you investing in me because of who I am as a person or yeah. are you investing in who follows me and who I have reached to? Yes. That there's a difference between business and family. And I want to work with the people who are with me because of who I am. Exactly. I'm a new knife maker in the community and the way I make my knives and my style, if you're a purist, is wrong in their opinion. And there's a lot of those people who despise me the fact that I get to call Jason Nice, Josh Smith, Neil Kamamora, like some of the biggest names in my community, my friends, and they don't understand why they give me the time of day. And it's because I am me and they love me for me. You're your authentic self. And I care about my community. I care about knives. I care about supporting, not being, everyone thinks that me and Josh Smith should be competitors. And it's like, I support that man more than anything because when you build a community around you and you build friendships and like a family, 
you both succeed together mm -hmm. instead of this stab you stab you you're here i can't wear this or you can't hang out with me because you're wearing a montana knife shirt why aren't you wearing my shit i mean if you I love me then you'll wear my shit, shit man because yeah. i i mean i run with people from every end of of the hunting as far as hunters go and and people out there i run with folks from every end of the hunting industry no matter what brand they wear because we're all people and we're all human you know, and as far as I'm concerned, if we don't all come together under one roof that's unified, we're fucked. Yeah. Like, we are fucked, completely fucked. So that's that's why, for me, it's it's so important to remove myself from those hard lines that get drawn in the sand. You can't do this, and you can't do that. And if you want to be in with these people, you can't do that. And I want to be a testament that you can do anything that you fucking want yeah. because of because you're being a good person. Yeah, and I think it's that I own you mentality. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, we talked about it a little bit last night. The the economics or the industry of hunting, I think, does as much for it as it does to to crush it. Like it, it's always fighting itself, right? Mm -hmm. And I do like I follow some of those, uh, you know, like make hunting great again, like some of those pages. And, you know, I see them, they rip on people. And if you if you look at that with, like, a serious tone of, is this guy just shitting on people? Or, or is he actually sharing things that should be discussed in a very, like, funny way? Like, I don't agree with everything they post. I don't mm -hmm. see the point in posting some of the stuff they do. But I do get humor out of some of it. I do know who they're talking about. Or I have an archetype of that type of person. So... At what level of truth, you know, because Matt Ranella was talking about some of this stuff too, like just sharing the truth, and I was talking about authenticity. At what level of truth do you think is going to be the voice of tomorrow? And and I say that in the in the context of we're in a very hyper sensitive time right now, where I mean, even right now, like I'm choosing my words carefully because they can crucify you over anything, but like to think about if you start sharing the truth of like how we are, how this would be sans headphones, sans recording, like would we be saying the same shit? I agree. I think in this group within some change of vernacular here and there, probably the exact same conversation. Yeah. What well, is, I don't know. Any what is the way, but what is the, but I agree. And I, and I say that for all of us. Like, yeah, I yeah. think we're, I don't think we're saying anything that's different. But I think maybe we're choosing a better word. Yeah. Not saying like. I might not say retarded every five seconds. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. It's, no, but it's, uh, it's very much like I am feeling compelled to that direction. Like I want to share my mistakes because yeah. it alleviates the stress of being a fucking fraud. I mean, yeah. it's the it, only like, reason. I mean? like, it's the only reason I'm here. Because when sure. I design my social media. Well, our failures are our biggest success. Yeah. Yeah. And then people get to resonate because everything's the trope. That's why we talked a little bit about last night when I posted my dough. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many people are like, why did you, why did you post that? And I was like, well, cause it was this moment. Like this is yeah. what was so amazing. Social media nowadays is the perfect buck, the perfect yeah. wife, the hottest it's boom, 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 boom. For me, it's, there's at least five posts of me choking up or crying on my Instagram yeah. because somebody spent a crazy amount of money on a knife and gifted it to someone else or my daughter almost passed away or something crazy happened in my life. And I feel like, one, it's therapeutic for me to share that kind of vulnerability. But two, so many people don't do that. And if we're blessed to have our platforms that we have, 
why not share that and show somebody that it's not all perfect it's not great like we go through some of the hardest times ever and that resonates with some people like we talked about business when i find out oh shit you only had a thousand dollars in your bank account last year yeah. dude me too yeah like no kidding or evan telling me dude we did four million the first year i couldn't buy a house yeah oh my gosh i didn't fuck up like so i'm okay dude you're so far ahead of where i was at that point well i was you know when he said the you know thousand dollars and forty dollar fifty dollar hog tag yeah dude i was like man i think back to i mean i didn't say it out there but i'll say it here there was a point in time where it was like 125 dollars yeah and a 40 dollar hog tag and i was like man why am i spending this 40 dollar like why am i doing this but yeah. i always kind of felt and it's not like a recklessness it's i've always been a passion project guy i've always traded the experience for money like i don't care about the money most of the time i wish i had more of it probably probably could <laughs> I don't do. care about it to a fault well but you know what I mean it's like I, you know we're all around extremely wealthy people yeah. at, at, at any given moment right but dude they got the same problems they got the yeah. same gripes so money ain't it, it ain't you know it. it's it's something else well, and, and dude, sometimes it makes it worse well absolutely well it enables you know and it encourages and but, once you're at a lifestyle you have to maintain that yeah, lifestyle but it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know I think uh I think there's something to be said that if I could give somebody a lesson, dude, I've always trusted my gut. Like mm -hmm. when I've gone against my gut, I've, I've paid for it. Right. Um, business relationships, personal choices, if it doesn't drugs, right. alcohol, like don't go in this bar, don't go in this bar. Like yeah. that's what you're, that's what your gut's saying. And I'm or like, I should leave right now. Or <laughs> all right. I'm opening up my touch tunes. Let's go. I'm putting the yeah. music, you know, for yeah. when I, but anyway, it's like, I've made those choices. I've paid for those choices. So I've learned over the years. And that's the important thing is I didn't always, because I used to think that my gut was like, well, that's what makes me different. Yeah, dumbass. That's exactly what makes you different. Like your ability to sniff out bullshit. And instead of giving into it or instead of playing the game, stay true to what your gut is. Stay true to what your yeah. heart says. And like we were talking about Big Bill hitting that, that world record bench press. I, I talked to that guy like five minutes after he does that. And he's like, hey, buddy, listen, just want to tell you, like, man, it is so worth following your dreams. You know, yeah. and like he was he was so sincere. About but it has it to be your dream. It has to be your dream and you have to be committed to it. And if someone to bring it full circle back to sponsorships and all that, if someone is pressure, 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 we need to know right now you need to sign this. We are, are we doing this? It's like you have to follow what feels right. And if someone's forcing you to make that fast decision, it's probably not right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you just need to take a breath, think it's about step it. Step back. Take, exactly. Like if it's not there in three days or a week or a month, same with, we talked about someone who invited me on a podcast recently. It was like, not yet. And if four or five months goes by and they're not interested anymore, then that's okay. Cause I made the right decision. Mm -hmm. But if that offer is still there, then it's going to be right. And fuck yeah, this is going to be so rad and I'm ready for it. Yeah. I've had to learn the hard way to not say yes right away. Take a breath, take a step back, make sure I'm in a proper place. I'm ready to give 100% to whatever this company, commitment, friendship, trip, whatever <laughs> it is. I'm in a place to be there and it just feels proper. Fully be there. You exactly. Know how, you know how bad I was at one point? Like I couldn't say no. Well... One, I got myself into a place where I just really needed, like, every opportunity. Like, I For needed, sure. like, everything. 
and I, I devalued myself so so harshly that I created I created a, a secondary email account. I don't know if this is if this is bad or not, but it really it helped me overcome a problem. I started an email account as if it was like a a calendar manager, and I would communicate with people that were asking me for like seminar services or like coaching services or something as like an alternate person because I wouldn't defend myself for too much like on my own behalf but when I was behind like a name like your assistant like (laughs) your assistant Brandon my assistant (laughs) dude I was like hell no like you know I mean I but I but I fought for what I was worth yeah and that's such a weird thing to say out loud but like that is a real thing that I think every one of us probably battles like Man, that's not – I don't know, man. I just need to take whatever I can. Well, you need the bad guy. Yeah, you do, you know, and it's like – but I didn't have money to pay a bad guy. You know what I mean? I, I didn't God, have – so funny. I didn't that. have anyone to uh, to really help me kind of navigate some of those waters, and that's a funny workaround, but it really did – it just gave me a separation of like, okay, they will still want Brandon to come. Mm-hmm. Well, fuck just, your assistant, Jimmy. Exactly. But it, but it actually worked out in my favor because, one, I was able to set my price where I wanted it and I didn't have to move on it. And sometimes I could come in from my own behalf and be like, hey, listen, I know you guys are a small place. I'll do it for this. You know, and, and be like the override. That's the same conversation I would have had. I don't know why it took my stupid brain to work that way. But it helped me build some of my confidence back so that now I can do it myself again. You know, and yeah. that's that's such a weird fucking thing to say. But, like, you all know what I'm talking about. Yeah. When you're just trying to get yourself out there and trying to make this go, like, it's a pretty low point at times. Well, we were talking about it earlier when I was talking about how, like, people are like, oh, well, just come and do do this for the exposure. <laughs> and it's like, hey, man, exposure is great. But exposure necessarily, especially these days, maybe five years ago, paid some bills but exposure doesn't really do a fucking thing i'm only coming if the ex- exposure's indecent and there's like uh there's a certain <laughs> there's a certain knife tv show um that has been trying to get me on their show for a while now and that's the pitch they always throw at me is like it'll be so good you'll be on tv blah blah, blah. and it's like Man, after taxes, I'm only making this much. I'm missing out on three weeks of work. I'm actually losing fifteen thousand yeah. dollars. The ten thousand turns into six thousand eight hundred. You don't use my last name. I have to strip my shop. I can't have any anything out there that says who I am. How is this gonna help me? And it went from like, hey, come try out. Hey, we have a spot. Hey, the producers reaching out. Hey, the host. Dude, we come to like, what do we need to do? And it's just like nothing. I'm not. I'm just not interested because everything is going good. I have to keep working. This is the only way I make money now, and I don't care if I'm on TV. What you need to do is release that last thirty seconds, send it to TMZ, and they'll be like, enraged knife maker calls out <laughs> television show. Yeah, <laughs> like you, you But it blows. Them. But it blows their mind. Like even the host, who's the, a rad dude, you oh, know, yeah. he was just like, "Damn, man, really?" And he was like, "Well, good for you. Like that's awesome to hear that everything's going so well." And they handled it. He handled it really well. But I was just like, I don't need to be on TV. I don't have an ego. Like, that's why we joked, like, they call me the douche whisperer. Like, I can be the low, I don't need to be the toughest, coolest, baddest dude in the room. I'll let everyone else doing it because that shit's fucking exhausting. I'd rather just, I would rather be people underestimate me 
and me succeed what they're guessing than come in everybody thinking I'm top shit and then let a bunch of people down. Yeah. And it's just a lot better that way. Like, I don't need to be on TV to validate what I do. As long as I'm happy, I'm happy. Like, that's all I care about. Speaking of happy, who's happy we're going hog hunting? I'm pumped. Yes, please. What's, oh, the, what's the goal the for the night? There's five of us hunting. Ethan's going to throw down on some steaks. Is I, it five of us hunting or is there six of us I hunting? I think John and Jen are coming as well. Oh, so seven of us seven hunting. Seven of us hunting. Yeah. I wanted to kill one spot and stock with a bow before it got dark, but... I don't think we're, if we get there pretty late. Oh, dude. The, you can get one at sunset if you wanted to. I don't know what the pigs are that like would out be here. My goal. Like, shooting them at night, cool. But once I put the crosshairs on it, I know that thing's going to go down. It's like, it's going to be fun. I'll be there for the experience of the, at that point, but I don't need to pull the trigger. I just love smoking hogs. I don't know. Seeing those hogs in thermals is pretty fun pretty sweet it's so yeah. rad yeah yeah we went last year as as a blast <coughs> yeah and i just went spectating are what there a lot of pigs out here dude, dude yeah significant insane. well it's last like, year we got into a mess of them we had one six seven. dude i gotta give i gotta give uh andy props like you can tell a dude knows his his uh his meat cuts and his his bodies <laughs> whenever uh we walk oh that was field. hella funny well <laughs> i'll tell you what there was there was some elements of uh of weather that made things worse god you remember dragon like it had rained yeah we were dragging these pigs, and it was just like slop. I mean, it's a swamp down here, yeah. you know. So it was messy. And the pigs just seemed – they were they were good-sized pigs, and we thought that they were north of 300. And Annie's like, no, those are 225, 230 pounds, like 226 or so, whatever yeah. it was, you yeah. know. Like he nailed every one of them within like five pounds. So yeah. the dude's not full Killed of shit. some pigs, man. He, he knows what's <laughs> up. But, he out uh, there, dude, that's easy 350. Nah, it's about 210. <laughs> what's your uh, – I ran into that really quick side note. When we were just out mountain lion hunting the other week, like – we had a cat treat and I'm looking at, and I'm a fairly good judge of animals. You know what I mean? Like when I look at deer, I can usually gauge their hindquarters based off of how many deer I killed and, and what the yield is coming off of that size of a deer. He's right? only killing on hindquarter size. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, he doesn't care about anything else. That's a thick one. <laughs> look at that. Look at those. Look at those. So we had this cat treat, and I'm looking at it. I told my buddy, I was like, you want me to shoot that cat? I'll shoot it. It's a 120-pound cat. And he's like, no, that's a 70-pound cat. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, well, look at, the, look, at the, look at the head, look at the ears, and look at the tail, and look at the feet. And then I started – and I was able to pick up on it quickly. But, like, that to me was completely offsetting because – Predators – I'm usually really good at it. Well, predators, what I've found, you know, they tend to be a little lighter on the foot than they appear. Mm -hmm. You know, even in birds of prey, I went and saw a falconer, which I still have a goal of being a falconer That's one so day. so rad. Um, <laughs> but I saw this dude, and he put, a, he put an owl on me. And he said, what do you think that weighs? And, I mean, it felt dense. You know, I, I was pick, I was a power lifter at the time. You know, I wasn't weak, so I, I kind of knew what weights felt like and stuff. And I was like – and he feels like he's 10, 12 pounds. He goes, 3.7 pounds. Just felt like so dense, you know. And uh, I don't know, but I felt the same way about cats. Like, we saw one, and I was like, that has to be a 180, 200-pound mountain lion. Like, gigantic. He goes, probably 140, 150. I mean, that, well, especially which 140, refer, 150 that's a monster is a cat. big cat. That's a monster <laughs> but cat. But they had seen, they had heard reports of one bigger. So, like, in my head, never seeing one. Yeah. It has to be that big one, right? It has to be the 180. But... 
you know. God, that'd be rad. I've never seen a mountain lion. That'd be so. We sick. saw. We saw. Um, let's see. I've seen four chinos. We had two. It was. Uh, we thought it was two males, young maybe, but they were they were paired up. And the guy I was with, he, we were rifle hunting uh, elk at the time. He had a mountain lion tag and was just on the wrong corner. I was where he could have killed from, but I didn't have my tag. So he ran around the bend and was, like, getting set up, and it they just crested right over. But where I killed my elk this year, um, there, was a, there was a significantly bigger mountain lion than what I saw. I'm probably going to say 160, I, just, just because it was bigger than the 140 we guessed on the last one. It was in the exact same spot where we had bedded the elk the night before, the one that I killed. So, like... Arizona's got some mountain lions, you know, and, and they need to be hunted. And just like they have great bear hunting down there too, black bear hunting. So I don't know if anybody's into that stuff, but you, a, you can see them. A buddy of mine, I think, shot the state record or close to it last year with his bow in Arizona. Yeah, dude. And it was a slob. Oh, like, yeah. They, they've got some giants slob. down there. They've of had some, bear. Of bear. Yeah. They've had some amazing um, They've had some amazing output because of the weather down there. It was just so different so much rain so much vegetation like when i went out there it looked like the hills of colorado man like well really probably more where like where i'm from even because we don't they don't have the elevation out there that colorado does but like geez green green when we were doing that sheep capture and sheep transplant down there in october same time yeah we were down there at the same same time time, and like i was blown away at how beautiful it was man it's a gorgeous and how green it was in the fall you know that's that's one of my favorite things about hunting out there at, at chinos is one besides the people i really really do like the people a lot um there's something about that land out there man like the desert's a weird place man yeah it is yeah. the desert really it's my first time it. like living in it like in utah where <clears throat> we'll get up to have the mountains and then we go south an hour and a half and it's Dude. just like Man, this is pretty. Yeah. Well, I did the, uh, when I was out there, I did, uh, I went from Chino, I'm sorry, I went from Vegas down to Flagstaff and Love a Flagstaff little bit further. Too. I did the full loop around the Grand Canyon and ended up back in St. George over in Utah. Freaking mm-hmm. gorgeous. Hiked around out there and ended up like flying back out of Vegas. But that whole loop, I mean, I don't know. I, like that, plus I drove to Arizona for that elk hunt. Like, those two things really put the world into perspective for me because like the past two years i've been pissed as shit like all the stress of the covid and um all the bullshit on the news and everything else you know you you get this sense that the world is all bad mm-hmm. well driving those two trips all i met was awesome people yeah. like and not a lot of them either no i mean just like just, especially when you get out in the desert but just like people that are like interested in how you doing what's going on like oh you got a big elk there hey where did you get it at what's going on you know so, dude, I met a, a V, I don't know his exact title, but he was very, very high up in Spotify. And I was I actually posted a picture of his Tacoma and he had a pull behind. And I was like, you never know who you meet on the road. He was admiring the elk and just got to talking to him. And he was like, yeah, you probably, you probably heard of uh, Joe Rogan's podcast. And I was like, yeah, he said, yeah, yeah, I was, I helped on that whole thing. Get it together. And Organize like, the deal. Yeah. You know, and it's like, what the hell? Like, well, you how get small is the to, world? Well, you get a minute to actually get to talk to people. Yeah. Like, big cities and big groups and big events. I think that's why Winter Strong so amazing. I know there's a lot of people that want to be here, but you lose something when it becomes huge. Dude. You lose this. And even well, the, the smaller the, the group gets, the better it gets. Well, and, and you can speak to this 
really well and i've only been to one of each but the difference between winter strong and summer strong they're equally amazing in their own direction yeah but there's a lot that gets lost in summer strong which summer song started out sure exactly like winter strong for pops I was 40th birthday was it yeah 2007 or i'm sorry summer strong seven was the first that i went to mm-hmm. i want to say and and this is a I, I get the two blended now, so I can't remember exactly, but it seems like there was 200 people there at seven. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it was in one room. Like, it was in a room like this size, so it had to be 200 people. Eight was like 400. Ten was like 1,000. You know, it just, just started booming. And, dude, it's awesome. But like we talked about last night and like what we've talked about, the, the there's only so much essence for a thing. And I heard a guy talking about this in, like, modern farming and he's a chef and so he put it in a certain way that was really poetic he goes i want you to think about a strawberry he said you know you get this really really small naturally grown strawberry from the farmer down the road and it when you bite into it it almost explodes in your mouth like a gusher candy and you love the way it tastes and he said now because of demand, we like the bigger strawberries. We like more strawberries. We want quarts and containers full of strawberries. So he said we take that same amount of juice from all those little strawberries and we expand them. He said it's still one seed. And he was like, that one seed can only give you so much juice no matter how many strawberries you spread it through. He's like, that's why a store-bought strawberry will never taste like your farmer's strawberry. You know, and I think that is what happens with companies. That fire, that essence, that thing that started it, that boiling thing that it, that makes you lose sleep at night, there's only so much of that. And when you grow and you grow and you grow. You lose it and you lose why people want well, to support it just you in get, the first it place. It just gets distilled down into you only have a percent of it. You only have a percent of it. But at one point, if this is my company, I had 100% of it. I had the dreams, the sleepless nights, the tangible fingers on product kind of kind of deal and now i've got 200 employees well what this company is is no longer my in, in you know my original dream or vision it's now 200 opinions of my vision you know and i'm not saying that's right wrong whatever i'm just saying that's the reality of human beings yep. you know and i think there's only so much juice that can keep something pure yep. until it just becomes a concentrate you know and you have to just as long as you as long as you're consciously remembering what got you there in the first place and don't lose track of that and try to get bigger, 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 you'll be okay, I think. But you have to be willing to sell your soul at some point, unless you can do it. Who is somebody that's doing it at the highest level of like, you know, agreed upon admiration that you point to like, you know, I, I immediately want to jump to someone like Bourdain. I want to say he did it his way, but man, I think he made concessions in the end in some degrees. You know, like you know, and what level of pure is possible to be a public figure? You know, like well, he even talked about on his show that he didn't want to be there half the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think so, too, like I think that was his own demise. You know, like, well, and I have to tell people like I don't want to. I had someone recently offer fifteen. I've never made a chef knife yet. Still haven't made a chef knife, and recently I had someone offer $15,000 for me to make a chef knife. 
I don't want to make a chef knife. Like I'm not interested in it, one, because I make a certain style of knife because it's what I know and it's what I love. Mm. I have plenty of friends who only make chef knives. They know how to do the S-grind. They have their bevels perfect. They know about food release. They are professionals at that. If you come to me and say, I will give you X amount of money for you to make this, I have to have your first one, I will say, please go to this person, support his business, buy something from someone who knows exactly what it is, and I'm just going to keep making what I wanna make. It doesn't make sense, but back to following your gut. It makes sense in my head whether every single business person tells me I'm retarded, I'm an idiot. I have had friends yell at me for this and say, you are so stupid, make the money while you can. I don't care. Right. I don't want to do it. I'm afraid it won't be me. People will see through that. And I've built this business brand on being myself and I'm not going to change that. Like, I just, I can't because it doesn't feel right. Well, I'll tell you this much, man. I've had two very, very, very well-known knife makers give me a sim similar answer on that topic. And I think that puts you in rarefied air to say that, you know, because I think, again, I would probably jump at 15 grand if I was in your shoes when I was in places I've been in For my sure. life. Right? But knowing now, nearing 40 years old and nearing, like, we're not nearing, but like having different looks on life and being in a different place in life, that's the only way you retain that that essence that I was talking about. Like your business would have devolved because of that business decision. Because for the rest of your life, you would have known that either one, you didn't do as good a knife that your buddy could have done, yeah. or two, now you're pulled into this world that you don't want to be in. You know what I mean? Like, And how many other people approach you to do exactly. it? Exactly. Well, I mean, it's Which like takes the, you off track of where you're trying to go. The anniversary raffle knife I just did. I do. I own. I don't own any of my own knives, and I've decided that on the anniversary of my business every year, I'm going to make myself a knife for me personally, make a replica or as close as I can the same knife, and then raffle that knife off. Now, raffles are iffy because they can do really well, or they can't do really well. And when I made that knife, I had some of my collectors that straight out came up and said, I'll give you five grand for it. Like, don't raffle it. Let me buy it. I have to have it. But I do raffle so that someone who can't afford six or 600 to $1,000 on a knife, they can afford a $25 ticket. And from the bottom of my heart, I do that to give them an opportunity. I didn't do $5,000 on that raffle. I didn't even come close. Don't know why this one didn't do as well as my other ones, but I still didn't feel bad about it. And I had explained that, you know, my wife is such a supporter and she understands it, but I did it because I truly stand by that. And the guy who ended up winning the knife has been trying for a year to get one of my knives and they sell out so quickly that he hasn't had an opportunity to get one and he ended up winning that knife. I remember watching all that. And unfold. that was like so worth it for me that this dude for a 20, and he literally bought one ticket or no, I think he spent a hundred dollars. So we got five tickets and he finally got one of my, a knife that someone offered me $5,000 for, he got for a hundred dollars and he fucking deserved it. And that meant I missed out on almost $3,000 but it made me feel so happy and it resonated that hey he got an opportunity to do this and i don't know i just can't back to what he was saying about your gut i just can't not listen to it because it's just who i am and i've listened to it for so long it got me here 
And I'm afraid if I stopped listening to it and started like working with investors, somebody just offered to invest in the company. And I was like, man, even just hiring an employee scared me. Cause I was like, now I'm responsible. I can't just pick up and leave. And like, let's say something horrific happened with Black Rifle. Evan kicks me out of the shop. I could just go, well, fuck everybody. I'm back in my garage. Now I have a person. And now I moved an entire family to share my shop. So now I'm responsible for his business and making sure he has a place to work out of. So those are all good things, but I have to do it when I'm ready to do it. I think like a lot of that too, it, a lot of decisions are driven by money, right? Yeah. And there's something dirty feeling about money, right? Like when you make a decision. Especially when it comes to investors. Especially, well, yeah, definitely. Or when you make a decision based on money, there's something dirty feeling about it sometimes where it's easy to regret like man I, like you're saying you missed out on some money with that raffle but you just don't care about the money it felt good mm -hmm. so you had it in your mind like it doesn't matter how much money i make off this this is what i'm doing you know and uh i think that's something special well and it bleeds through and that's what a lot of people a lot of people are impatient and I, this is one of the things I tell so many guys trying to do this is as long as you stay true to yourself, the real people are going to see through that. And once you build a support system around you, I don't know how I'm so blessed to have the one, the collectors and two, the followers that I have because they truly fucking care and they support us and they want to make sure we're good. And it's rad. And I never would have got there without listening to my gut, not swaying and chasing the money. Right. What's up? Ten to fifteen. Time to go kill pigs, We're boys. Kill pigs. All right. So, really quick before we before we wrap this up, we're at, I guess, day two. Unless you want to call today the first full day, day one. <coughs> full full day. <clears throat> what are you looking to get out of this week? I already did. Well, that's what I was going <laughs> to say, man. I mean, what what an unexpected but totally expectant kind of result from last night into today. I mean. The conversations, it's just, it's funny to me, man, the wave that those conversations were on because they were all so similar. They were all so connected in different ways. They weren't the same words, but they were the same sentiments, the same kind of feelings, the same kind of hills we've all been and trying hard, to climb. Hard conversations. Yeah, too. dude, this is, this is not like it's very Yeah, this is awesome. Well, this is like, hey, this is family and it doesn't leave this space kind of conversations. And I think. One, you know, not to not to pump Bert up too much, but I've always said the biggest draw about Bert is that he is a nucleus of, you know, his his energy attracts the right kind of people. But the fact that each of us are here, we're vetted already by his invitation, right? Like I don't have to worry about you and I don't have to worry about you or you based on his invitation. And I think that means so much because I know the things that we discussed and the way that we discussed them, the depth that we discussed them, there's no fear of that ever coming back to haunt me. It actually can come around to heal me. To relief. It's therapy. You know, and, and I think that is the most valuable thing about Winter Strong. So if you want to call this day 1.5 or 2 or 1 or whatever you want to call it, I don't think that if I got nothing else, like no more nourishment of physicality, emotional or spiritual, I've been rejuvenated and to know that like I'm not broken what's already happened in the last 24 exactly you know it's like 
the things that the things that have been plaguing me are like okay these other guys are shouldering shit too yeah. let's keep marching Already and that's lifted. and that's the thing is i think that we're all cup fillers but sometimes we just need our cup our own fill. cup fill. oh my yeah. god yeah absolutely you know you so definitely in the last 24 hours i feel that like i feel like the momentum of that i feel like this conversation is going to lead to more conversation tonight the hunt's yeah. obviously going to be incredible Dude, I don't know that this train stops, but at the same time, I'm not expecting anything from this yeah. other than, I mean, it's it's already better than I could have hoped for. When last night before we went to bed, what did I tell you? I told you I can go home right now and be satisfied. I said that this morning coming yeah. out of the pool. Yeah. I yeah. was like, man, I'm good to go home right now. Like, I feel like a breath of fresh air like my I just feel light. I don't know how else to explain it. I think it's also it. a good thing to, to like take note of like, hey, not to not to try to expand and do something else, but like, hey, if you're in, if you're going somewhere, reach out. Hey, you know anybody here, or are you here, or where? Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, take time because these these events, like these things, these combos happen a lot if you're willing to seek them out. You yeah. know, Lucas, uh, go. What do you mean? What What are you looking? I'm getting each one of you guys to say same what thing. You're I mean, le- legitimately, same thing. Last words my wife said to me is, "Have fun at therapy." Like it's, it's I, I, I come here to be around like-minded individuals, have that safe space. This is day one with just the four of us. Like some of my closest friends and strongest people I look up to. It's all my mentors here, all my brothers, all my ancestors. Like my favorite humans are in one spot. And it's a place where I think my favorite thing we talked about last night was everyone's guard is down. There's no celebrities, no huge followers, no, hey, let me get a picture. Let me get an autograph. It's people being people. Everyone be treating each other the exact same. Ego checked at the door. A hundred percent. And if you don't, if you have an ego, you're not going to come back. And so everyone gets to leave that and they get to actually be vulnerable, cry, laugh, uh, you know, try something new they've never done, no matter how stupid it makes them look. They get to get out here because I never threw a spear before. If I have some professional javelin person here, you know, I go to a rec center where everyone's good at it. I maybe might not do it because I don't want to, maybe not me personally, but a normal person might not do it because they want to, don't want to look dumb. Maybe someone's videoing, but here everyone's the first in line to be like, Oh, I don't know how to do this. I'm going to go give it a try. No matter how silly, if I blow my elbow out, whatever, I got to give it a try. And then you get healthy competition and everyone's just being who they are. And for me, you don't get to you don't get to enjoy that. Everyone has an ego. Everyone has to be tough. And I don't know. It's nice to come here where all that's left at the door and you get to be you. I feel like just us goofing off and taking silly pictures last night. I haven't done that in fifteen <laughs> well, years. Like well, that's I haven't so- cut loose and been a goofball and laughed and made fun of people in so long and just throwing spears. I was telling you walk through the woods today. Like I felt like a kid. I was like, man, I'm thirteen years old right now. Yeah. Did you, and not to not to bring it up, but like I didn't think about a thing in the world outside of this place when we were doing that no. stuff. You know what I mean? Like, we don't have service in here. There's yeah. no Wi-Fi. Our phones aren't working. <laughs> like we're stuck to actually hang out. And guess what? If we don't like each other, then this wouldn't be very fun. Yeah. yeah. Danny. Yeah, buddy. Go. <laughs> Church of Boar. Yeah. <laughs> we're doing a whole yeah. nother. I was about to say, Bert said we had five, ten minutes. Yeah, so. we're, that, that's a whole nother conversation <laughs> that's going to happen. Um, man, really, I'm just here to be open, right? Like, it doesn't matter who I meet. It doesn't matter what conversations I have. I'm here to be open 
and absorb as much as I possibly can. I'm kind of quiet and I just sit, I can sit back and just absorb as much as I possibly can and get whatever fuel I need to make my life the best life I possibly can for those, for myself and those around me. So if Dude, there's something you're just waiting for a flame. You're freaking yeah. ether in a carburetor, so bro. So there's like. something that Brandon can <laughs> give me and I can take for the rest of my life and maybe I change someone else's life in five years and they go on and, and do better in their life, then God bless them. But for me, it has nothing to do with the contacts I make or like some businesses or anything like that. It's simply just to make my life better and, and find a purpose. And even though I feel like I do have like, it's, I was telling you, it's like I, I felt lost in my life and I had to realize I have a purpose, right? Like I, I'm a dad and a husband and these other things, but I know that I will be seeking some type of purpose um, always, even though maybe I reach what I think my purpose is at some point, just in my personality, I'll probably get to a level where it'll be something else and I'll be seeking it. And the people and the conversations that I have will evolve and I will always be needing them. So right now I'm trying to soak in as much as I can to chase after this purpose in my life and what it is today. And I don't know exactly what that is today. It evolves and it could change after this weekend, but I'm just here to be open. And I think that's just being present, right? Like I can't think into the future too far. Uh, there's no regrets from the past and it's just simply to be present. Oh, one letter and to absorb as much as I can and just be here to enjoy it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Right on. Hell yeah. Well, we'll wrap it up with that. Dugga, huh? Dugga boys Dugga out. boys. <laughs> you're not going to give us. <laughs> Come on. I, I spill my heart out and you're over here going to stay quiet. Yeah. Uh, okay, 10 I seconds. Go. What am I looking to get out of this weekend? First is fellowship and brotherhood, yeah. right? And that's what I found last year. Um, in a huge way, which was part of the reason why last year I came out early and, and wanted to show up early. Because to me, one of the largest parts about this is building, building the brotherhood and, build, and building the relationships. But also in line with what you were saying and what uh, Lily was saying, hearing the struggles and knowing that I'm not the only one that's going through these struggles emotionally, mentally, financially, you know, ethically, any of that stuff and learning that I'm not alone in this path that I'm trying to trudge that I'm, and that, that, I'm, that I'm going along on and hitting bumps along the way and I'm not the only one and it's not just me. And this is something that we're all in together. And last year I learned at this event <clears throat> how important it is to hear that and to know that the struggle is real for all, put those on. That the struggle is real for all of us, and it's okay, you know. And and we can we can suffer in silence, or we can choose to grow together and go in a in a good positive direction, and staying teachable. And and that was another takeaway for me from last year is staying teachable and and learning how much more there is other than just what's in my head. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and learning and understanding and like our conversation this morning, 
you know, about religion and God and spirituality and direction and purpose, how much more there is to it than just one way or the other way or this way or that way. There's so much room to grow if I'm willing to stay open yeah. and stay teachable. Getting outside of your comfort zone in your box. Exactly. With, and making sure that, that there's respect. Or. <laughs> yeah, <and laughs> that there's respect regardless of your perspective. And that's where true, can, I always talk about candid and curious conversations. Candid in that I will tell you exactly what I'm feeling or have experienced and curious as in I actually want to know what you have experienced or are feeling yep. as well. And if you could do that, you actually have conversations that are gold. Thus, those are the building blocks for relationship. But I think we've all talked about the small talk is pointless. I don't have that time. I only have so many seconds on this earth mm -hmm. and I don't know what that is. And to suspend, to spend them any time with small talk or anything that is not fulfilling to myself or then Soul troll, troll, you know, and trickles down to my family or that I can't be valuable to, to that person. I prefer they just don't talk to me. If I can't be valuable to them in some way and we can be mutually beneficial and not financially necessarily or anything like that. But if we're not pouring into one another's life, then I think everyone's missing the boat. And that's the fulfillment, the, the fulfillment. Right. And that's part of getting a group of people together that all get that inherently. And hopefully they are, they all have different perspectives on life and different experiences and different things are great at, or, you know, I mean, to have a, you know, I, I don't even want to put titles to the people in this room because you guys are so multifaceted and all of us are multifaceted, you know, Danny, are you a skin diver, spear fisherman, <laughs> or are you a coffee guy or are you a skateboarder or are you a dude that teaches, you know, Automobile uh, survival. Are are you a are you a, a guy that cooks meat? Mm -hmm. Is is that it? I would highly say that's not it. That's not all it, right? <laughs> just well, are you a sheep? Are you yeah. are you a sheep guy? Yeah. Are you a you know? Are you a knife maker? Sure. For the last few years, there's a lot more chapters to that story. Yeah. Right. You know, I'm the weight guy. Gosh, I hope that's not on my tombstone. Yep. Just that. The right? weight guy. The weight guy. Perfect. <laughs> so that's the cool part, right? You dig in a little bit more. Maybe there's an avatar of, hey, this is the flip-flop guy. Cool. What's the flip-flop guy's story? Well, although I thought your meat and everything that you made and the sauces and everything was amazing, that's like the least interesting part about you now, although that's what most people know. Mm -hmm. But the cool thing is this event gives you an opportunity to ask more than that question. It's Correct. essentially... What Joe Rogan always says is in a five-minute segment on Fox, they can only ask so many questions, but a three-hour podcast, you can't bullshit. Mm -hmm. This event gives people who maybe get swarmed when they go to another mm -hmm. event or it's that sensory overload. This gives an opportunity for me to be sitting next to the campfire having a beer and Rudy sits next to me and I'm like, what's up, Rudy? Mm -hmm. And then we accidentally end up talking for an hour and a half and I get to ask him questions that maybe no one's ever got to because mm -hmm. it's five minutes, five minutes, five minutes, five minutes. Sure. And now I get to bullshit and sit with them because everyone's guards down. Right. And, and it's not the Rudy show at that point that he he's on Fox or on these different places and he knows what he has to be and deliver in those five exactly. minutes. And you, you, know, you don't get the best version. of. And people, for people who are way bigger, more popular or famous than us, it gives them an opportunity mm -hmm. to let their guard down and maybe be something that they don't get to be anymore because they're in the public eye. Right. They can't say this. They can't do that. 
And it's cool to see somebody around their friends instead of around the public. Right. And this gives everyone an opportunity to be friends. Yeah. That's the goal. It's up, to us to, it's up to us to not screw it up. <laughs> well, I'll end with this. Let's hit these sloppy booger bears and make bank. Let's go. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into the show, folks. If you'd like to check us out online, our website is www.theflipflopguide.co. You can find out all the information you need to have your own flip-flop in your own backyard. We encourage this, and we'd love to see this happening in every backyard across America. You can purchase our sauces that have been cranking out flip-flops from my grandfather since the 1960s. If you had trouble filling your tags this year, we also have available on our website Maui Nui Axis Deer Legs. They're 100% USDA approved and ready for your consumption. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at the flip flop guy. We hope you have a great day. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to smash that subscribe button.